Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Happy Thursday to you. Coming at you on the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Going to talk some Bengals, Cardinals, John Sheeran. We are in must, officially official, must win <laughs> territory at this point. Per number nine on the Cincinnati Bengals. How you doing, buddy? I was just looking up when I wrote this article. Less than a month ago. Less than a month ago. It was titled, the, the Bengals will win the Super Bowl if... Dot, dot, dot. And the if pertaining in the article was if the offense line stays healthy. We less than a month into the season. The offense line is completely healthy and we are in must win territory. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, All you can do is last. I was going to say they're healthy. I mean, they're healthy. So can't can't point there. Uh, if you're new here, welcome. We stream live on our YouTube channel as well as on Cincy Jungle's Facebook page and the Twitter account. And then, of course, if you can't join us live, you can get. On all those platforms, you can go back and watch the the stream or get it on your favorite audio platform, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the major ones, we are there. So I want to bring in our special guest. And we love working with the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, Cam Rogers over there always hooks us up with high-quality guests. Um, I I feel like we've spoken with this fine gentleman before. I I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel... Like this isn't the first time he's been on the show. And if you've been listening to other Cincinnati media today, this guy's been Mr. Popular this week. Uh, he's Mr. Popular anyway. But Mr. Popular this week in particular in, in the city of Cincinnati covering the Arizona Cardinals. We had to get a crack at him to help give us a peek on the other side of the fence. Mr. Ed Smith, former NFL tight end and host of the Believe in Cardinals podcast. How are you, sir? Hey, appreciate you guys having me on. I got you guys a shout out, man. The uh, intro music, man, had me here over here bumping my head. You guys got it going on. Go. I, I need, I need that track go. for the uh, for riding in the in the truck, man. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. That was uh, something that we we cooked up a couple of months ago as a, a revamped intro. But I'm glad you liked it. We are glad you are here. All right. 
I, I got to know because, and hopefully maybe we can, maybe I'll see you. I'm, I'm going out there this week. I live in Southern California. I'm going out there this weekend for the game. I got to know how hot is it out there right now because at my house, it's about 85 plus. So I assume there it's pretty warm right now. Bro, I was, I've been talking about it cooling down out here and it's getting close. And then I walked outside this afternoon after being in the office all day. And I was like, damn, it's still hot out here. We're clipping now. <laughs> we're clipping 96 still, man. And this Woo! is, this is ridiculous. This is Woo! still air conditioner blowing full stream. You know, I, you know, normally by about this time, you know, you can, you know, windows down a little fresh air, not right now. So if you're coming out here, expect night. I, I checked it already. Expect 96 on uh, Saturday, on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, tank, tank top and flip flops. It is for me. There for you sure. go. I, ain't, I ain't dressing up, but uh, as we usually do to start off when we bring in a guest, I mean, the first place we like to start is give us kind of a health check an infirmary check if you will uh how are the cardinals looking coming into this one health wise uh with with the Bengals coming into town we look we're, we're pretty healthy right now all of our major stars uh you know doing well we'll be uh, suited up on sunday uh no major injuries to really talk about um you know the the, the biggest question for us out here right now is how close is kyler murray getting so Week to week, we'll be talking about our, you know, injury report. But I, I think the biggest question moving forward, everybody's going to want to know from, you know, where is he at? How soon is he coming back? If he's coming back. And, you know, I thought the last week they made a statement that because he still he came off. You no, know, he's still on the pup, but he's weeks away. Does that mean two weeks? Does that mean six to eight weeks? We don't know. But as far as the rest of the roster, we're pretty healthy for this game. You'll get our full effort moving forward here. This game is so fascinating to me, Ed, for a number of reasons. One being the Bengals have a quarterback right now who's not 100% healthy, and the Bengals have yet to turn to their backup uh, to kind of relieve him while he's continues to get to 100%. We knew the Arizona Cardinals quarterback was not going to be healthy coming, to the, coming into this year. We had no idea that Josh Dobbs was capable of what he was doing. Now, granted, the Cardinals are still 1-3, you know, but Dobbs, 70, 70% completion percentage, hasn't thrown an interception this year. Like, how how surprising has it been? Is it just kind of come out of nowhere, or is or, were, were there signs here that that we could have seen, and now we're just kind of just seeing it before our eyes? Absolutely, no signs at all that he was going to be able to do this, especially because he wasn't here during training camp. He got here a week and a half before the season was going to start. Had to go through the locker room, introduce himself to guys, you know, nobody, and then learn an offense on the fly. Uh, the other option wasn't you know, a good option. We had Clayton Toon after they uh, got rid of uh, uh, Colt McCoy. So, you know, they they decided to roll with Joshua. And I was leery at first. He has done an amazing job. One, as you mentioned, he's been protecting the ball, maybe a little too conservative and cautious from time to time, which might have cost us a victory or two. You think about the Washington game, we were in that one, but the game plan got really conservative down the end. You're up 20 to nothing at the half on the Giants, and we let them come out and win that game 31-28. So obviously we got a little cautious in the in the, on the back end of that one. The one thing I liked in the, the Dallas game was the biggest surprise of all. He, he they started utilizing his legs a little more. Some of those surprise runs, and for me that is huge. If he can incorporate that into his game, obviously last week's game against uh, San Francisco, we were just matched up against a superior team fell behind early, they don't have the horses to come from behind against that squad. But, 
you know, he's really been a good surprise so far, and I'm pretty sure every week they're imploring him, hey, protect the ball, protect the ball. But at the same time, I hope they do at some point allow him to open it up a little more and maybe, you know, stretch it down the field. Talking with uh, former NFL tight end and believing Cardinals host Ed Smith, um, he is not Joshua Dobbs, is not the only former Steeler offensive player to join the Cardinals and have a lot of success. And I'm talking, of course, about James Conner. Um, yeah. To me, I, I've said this a couple of times this week, I, I think he's had one of the more quietly respectable careers from running backs in recent history. And I know, you know, both teams he's been on, they've, they've rotated him a lot. Um, he's kind of, you know, swung back and forth from being starter slash heavy rotator type of bet. He puts up a ton of touchdowns. And he's just kind of one of those guys that is a little bit of a fantasy football darling for teams as well. But aside from that this year, as much as Josh Dobbs is surprised, um, you kind of felt like, well, are they just going to turn and hand the ball off a ton of times and do three yards in a cloud of dust? Connor is 5.1 yards per carry uh, this, this year. Now, I guess my question is, what was some of that maybe when games were out of control and they were kind of just, you know, he's kind of eating up garbage yards or was it, you know, a, a pretty potent attack is quite honestly, I haven't watched, I watched the San Francisco game, but I hadn't watched the previous games with the Cardinals, but even so Connor still, still impressing in his seventh season. The thing that impresses me the most is his physicality. This dude is, he, he's not afraid to put that shoulder down and get those tough yards. Uh, you know, I would, I, I wish we'd use him a little more to be honest with you, because he has been so valuable to this offense and, I'm, you know, the, we've actually had a couple games. Even I look at two weeks ago against Dallas, the 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 smoke and mirrors was that you know if you think it was an offensive explosion, in fact it was. We only ran like forty some odd plays that game, chunk plays that assisted us, and that included Connor with the big run, Dobbs with a big run. I I think the more we lean on on Connor and his physical nature, take a little more pressure off of. Joshua allow him to maybe do a little more play action. We've been under center more, which I, I love. Uh, you know, with Kyler here the last few years, 90-plus percent out of this shotgun or pistol or whatever you want to call it. So I like seeing Joshua under center more, a little play action, getting Connor going downhill with his runs. Man, I'm telling you, it's a great formula, and I hope we stick with it. And, you know, whoever thought he was washed, uh, you know, obviously you can you see what he mm-hmm. does as far as his, you know, bringing that spirit and that physicality to the game. A lot of my, a lot of my questions that I knew were going to be just about players that I had no idea who they were coming into the season. And now we're all kind of forced to just recognize them because they're just outperforming maybe their expectations. A lot of Bengals fans know who Marquise Brown is, the former Baltimore Raven. He's the leading receiver. Now a lot of people who know who Zach Ertz is. I don't think a lot of people know who Mike Wilson is, especially considering that he's a rookie, but he's the third leading receiver for the Arizona Cardinals team. The Cardinals have two receivers now with over 200 receiving yards and two touchdowns. This game is only one team like that, and it's not the Bengals. So kind of give us a little bit about who Mike Wilson is and kind of how he's helped kind of stretch the field for that team. You know, the crazy part is we've been doing the same exact thing here. You look at the names on the roster, it's like, who? And, and a lot of that is because of how they stripped the roster down from all the way from at the end of last year, obviously the new regime came over, came in, they took over. They, we did, we got rid of some players that I, I and some others felt like we should have kept, but we didn't. And then we didn't do a whole lot of big name free agent shopping. 
And then obviously you go and you supplement with the draft. But you know, a lot of our a lot of the players here, in, including one you just mentioned, we're we were like, who is this guy? We had to actually start doing research on our own team because minus Buda Baker, Zaven Collins, you know, you throw a few more in there, obvious obvious names. It has been a roster. I, I call it the land of the misfit toys for the most part. And but but it's a good thing because these guys are hungry. And you can see in their play, and you can see, you know, how Gannon is kind of starting. I, I hate using the C word, the culture, you know, but you can see all the way from camp and, you know, how he had a way he wanted to do things. And they started bringing some guys in that we, you know, fit his culture here. So that was, you know, Wilson's just another guy that most people, you have to actually look up the, this is a time when the programs are really valuable in the stadium, even for our fans, because everybody's still trying to figure out some of the names on the roster. I'm serious. Well, I, I yeah, I just looked at the defensive depth chart um, on the on Cardinals.com, and oh man, uh, you know, just a lot of names where I go, wow. But hey, th- I think, <laughs> and that that leads me to my next question about Gannon. And I know you said you didn't, you know, we don't like to talk about culture necessarily, but you know, early in the season, he, they they had that video of him giving that speech to his team and that kind of got, you know, uh, people got a chuckle out of it a little bit, but I'm telling you, I watched this team last week against the 49ers and they are scrappy and they are, they're battling. Now, maybe that was a division game and that kind of atmosphere bred that a little bit, but I mean, are you at this point, even with some of the skepticism coming in, because Gannon was a guy who caught, caught flack for the Eagles Super Bowl, uh, the defensive, you know, uh, performance in that game. And then he comes here, you got that video, you know, rookie head coach, the whole deal. But I, I, it seems as if they're playing for him. I mean, is that – and it looks like there's some signs saying he is the guy going forward. Is that a fair assessment? Absolutely, Anthony. And the thing that, that got me, we all saw the video, and it was like, oh, that's – and then you figure, you wonder <laughs> who who in the building thought that was a good video, you know, because that's such a bad kind of representation of motivation. It's like, oh, my goodness, who's getting on the bus? Who's taking a – you know, who took Uber here? You know, it's like, oh, my God. So, but then, <laughs> you, you know, you hear the stories through camp how he made some changes within the building. No more eating in, lock, in um, meeting rooms, phones off, you know, different things. You know, if you get late to meeting, you're fine this, you know. It was a lot more structure. And then you watch these guys playing you know, on the field. And the big word for me, another one of those C words, man, I actually, my biggest worry was, okay, we're probably not going to have a lot of wins in this 17 this year. But now it's not going to be about the score. It's going to be about how these guys are out there competing. Are they making it at least look respectable, right? And then you you watch these first few games, you're like, doggone, not only are they out there competing, they're actually staying in these games and they're, they're, they look like they belong. We had a, a year a few years ago, fellas, where we had Steve Wilkes in here. That was the year they had drafted Rosen. And that was a week to week. My partner, Jay, and I, we were, we were watching. He was like, that is just disgusting. The effort. They're, they're not out there competing. You can see guys giving up out there, and mm. it was just atrocious. This team is out there, and even though they lost to Sam Frame last week, it's like they still were out. They, they were just outmanned last week, but they were out there fighting. It was still a respectable game, even though they, you know, they got beat, you know, by, by what they did. You know, Sam Fran covered. But I'll be doggone if this team every week, week to week so far, and we obviously know it's a long season, they're out there giving Gannon everything they have, not leaving anything on the field or in the locker room. And that's what's impressed me the most 
whatever he's doing inside the building. These guys believe in him, and that's the most important thing moving forward. You'll eventually get the talent to match other rosters, and and if you can get those quality guys in there giving the same effort as this group is, that's when you get success moving forward. So I want to talk a little bit about Gannon's first draft pick, Cincinnati native, by the way, Paris Johnson, who's starting at right tackle. The Bengals have one win this year, and it's it was ba- mainly because their pass rush essentially feasted on the Rams' offensive line. They ended up having six sacks. Joshua Dobbs, I think, is like sixth in the league at per, at uh, only only a certain amount of uh, percentage of his pressures have actually turned into sacks. And I look at the the Cardinals' tackles and DJ Humphreys and Paris Johnson. I think they have a combined nine penalties b- between them. But Dobbs is not get, get, get going to the ground as much as often. Is it mainly just because Dobbs? has been great in the pocket and avoiding that pressure or as have the tackles kind of produced in a way that, you know, they're keeping him upright. It's a combination. I think the biggest thing is that they're, they're not asking Dobbs to throw the ball up the field a, a ton right now. Everything is in front of him short for the most part. Uh, not a lot of seven step drops, putting pressure on your line to protect him for a long time, especially, you know, when you're playing a team like Dallas and, and Sam Fran two out of these first four games, their game plan probably was, look, we got to get the ball in and out of your hands as fast as possible. The, that, the plus side is we haven't had a lot of sacks. There have been some penalties. we got to clean some of that stuff up. But on the, the flip side, we're not taking advantage or at least attempting to, you know, get the stretch the ball, get the ball up the field a whole bunch. And uh, some of that will probably come as these guys continue to work together, meaning the offensive line, uh, Joshua gets more, uh, comfortable in running this offense, maybe making more checks, getting into other plays, getting out of certain things, you know, exposing coverages and different things like that. So right now it's a combination of the guys are playing just good enough uh, up front and they're also using the game plan of let's not hold on to the ball much, let's get it out of his hand. And, you know, it, it looks good as far as the numbers, but as I keep mentioning, I want them to eventually turn it it lose this cardinal team should be a team because i don't think you're fooling anybody think this is not a super bowl or even a playoff team so let's and, and i know you have to look at it as like not let's just have some fun out here but let's be aggressive let you know i, I think of the lions all the time where it just never there's always a fake right. punt or something waiting and i hope we can turn in to some version of that and i know again his first opportunity as a head coach you know you don't want to go out there and be willy-nilly you know, and doing all kind of crazy stuff like they do over there with the Chargers. But at some point, I hope they we do get to a situation where it's a little more, you know, throw a couple gadgets and wrinkles in there along with the conservative nature of this offense. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. 
Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Talking with Ed Smith, former NFL tight end and Believe in Cardinals host, part of the Believe Podcast Network. Happy to be spending a few more minutes with him, already given us a lot. So appreciate his generosity hanging out with us. So you talked a little bit about, you know, we've talked about the scrappy nature of the Cardinals. We talked about them kind of surprising, even though they're they're sitting at one and three. And uh maybe, maybe in some ways, you know, overachieving and whatnot. The Bengals are massively underachieving. And I'm sure at this point by now you've heard that Burrow called this a, a must win. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess what what do you think the feeling, the belief system is in that locker room when they've obviously heard, I'm, I'm sure they've heard that as well, uh, Burrow talked about that. So when they have this Bengals team coming with a supposed mindset, do you think that they're kind of going, oh man, this is going to be a really tough game? Or do you think that they're going to, actually kind of embrace that youngry, young and hungry and say, you know, screw it. We're going <laughs> to kind of give it our all and, and we're not going to play scared. I think as each week passes, Anthony, and they, and they gain confidence and not just the players, the coaching staff as well. I think each week they're seeing that, you know, we're everybody was talking about this team during the offseason, like it's going to be the war, one of the worst versions of, a football team in the history of football because of the way they stripped the roster down. They got talent. They're obviously tanking for Caleb Williams next year, you know. So you run down all the things that they were hearing and listening, and then you come out, you know, sometimes the only people that believe, uh, in, you know, in anything is, are the people in, in that side of that locker room. And I experienced this when I was with the Falcons in 98. You know, we were – nobody thought we were going to make a Super Bowl run, but we believed in ourselves within that locker room. And I guarantee you – the more confidence these guys start to get, and they know where the ceiling probably is, but they're going to go out there and give you everything they got each week, and the more they believe, the more it turns from, well, we can just compete in these games to we can win these games. I guarantee you at the start, you know, for us, at the start of the season, we all do our go down to the, the um, schedules and like, that's a loss, that's a loss, that's a win. That, and when we looked at this game at the beginning of the year, it was like, well, this is obviously a loss, you know. And now we got two one and three teams walking into the building on Sunday. One of them heading not necessarily on a straight up trajectory, but they're feeling a lot better than the other team that everybody was put all these expectations on them, you know, Super Bowl pick, you know, this, that, and the other. And, you know, so we'll see where it all lays out. But I guarantee you, you got a very confident team in the Cardinals right now that if they go out there and just handle their business, one, they know they're they're at least going to be in these games. And now they'll probably start to believe they can win a few more of these games. You know, they've had a pretty, you know, difficult schedule to this point. If you think about it, you know, Cowboys and Niners and, 
even Giants coming in here, that doesn't look too good now. But, you know, starting the year on the road in Washington, they've actually probably started to build up a little cachet. And I wouldn't be surprised if they went on a little run moving forward here. So we talked about the Cardinals in a good place health-wise. The Bengals are trending in that direction. The injury report has a couple of guys practicing. One of them, um, your name is Ed Smith and you play tight end. Bengals yes. have a tight end named Irv Smith Jr. who <laughs> plays tight end. I think people can kind of guess the connection here. Do you have any any, any thoughts on your, on your nephew that now on his yeah. second team in his fifth year? You know what? I'm just so glad he's getting back out there. The, you know, he's had a rough stretch as far as these last few years with the injuries. And this is, you know, I'm hoping this is a big year for him. It's not too late. Yeah. I know he can contribute out there. You know, we got to get Burrow healthy first. And and then, obviously, the weapons, you know, they'll be able to be utilized better. I'm glad to see he's back out there. Can't, you know, he's had some tough breaks. But, man, when he's when he's on – he is a great weapon, and I know um, Joe will be glad to see him back out there. Uh, you know, hopefully it's a – you know, here's the crazy thing. You know, my, my heart's tugged a little bit because that's my nephew, and blood <laughs> yeah, is much yeah. thicker than water. I got to be honest with anybody. Yeah. I was a, a Vikings fan. I'm now a Bengals fan. I don't care who he's playing against. So, all, awesome. you know, I support the Cardinals, but I got to support my nephew even more, and I'm hoping he comes out here and scores four touchdowns you guys win by 40, yeah. you know, so yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah, we've, we've, you know, we kind of feel like this was a good fit for him and, uh, you know, obviously the, the season hasn't started off the way he wanted to, but I think a lot of us still are very optimistic at what he can definitely provide for the Bengals. So yeah, that's, uh, that would be awesome in his game back, man, that, yeah. uh, that he would have a game like that for sure. You talked about him a little bit and what we, just a couple more for you. We appreciate the time Ed. um, What's Kyler Murray's future with the Cardinals? There's some wild, wild conjectures being thrown out with him. I know this doesn't really pertain to this game per se because he's not going to play, but, I mean, there's some wild stuff going on. I mean, shortly after he signed the contract, there was stuff about him studying or lack thereof, and then, you know, the the playbook clause or whatever, right? That was in there, and then now they're like, wow, they're going to try and get out of it. And like you said, conjectures about tanking for Caleb Williams. But, I mean, when he is on and he is in there – he is scary. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know. What, what's your take on new coach and direction with the team with Kyler? The craziest part about the entire situation is obviously you have a new regime in here. They didn't draft Kyler Murray. They didn't give him that contract. Yeah. And, you know, they he, he, he might or might not fit their philosophy moving forward. You know, we're still trying to figure out what Petsing's offense is all based around. Uh, it's a lot of movement, you know, with the, with, there's different things when you're working with Kyler Murray, a quarterback that's, how do I say it? Um, respectfully, he's vertically challenged. Okay. There, <laughs> there are different things and different ways you utilize a smaller quarterback. And he is one of the smaller ones out there, obviously, than you would with a quarterback with higher stature. I'm, we're still trying to figure out you have a different quarterback than Joshua Dobbs out there running it currently. We're, you know, they're saying all the right things right now. Kyler's doing everything he needs to be to be our franchise quarterback, you know. And what else are they supposed to say at this point in time? The the the, the real truth is going to come when he's eventually cleared physically to play and then mentally, do they put him out on the field? If they don't, like meaning if they continue to stretch this out, there's two things that are going on. Either he's still having a mental block and doesn't want to get out there or – 
they don't want to put him out there because they don't want to risk further injury because they might have plans, different plans moving forward. The million dollar question is when he's ready to play, you know, are they going to unleash him? And I'll tell you flat out, I have no idea. And anybody who says they do, I think they're they're telling you a fib because that I, I couldn't tell you right now where he stands within this organization. I do know that they are they're liking what Joshua Dobbs is doing so far. Obviously, Joshua Dobbs is not their quarterback for the future. He's not the franchise quarterback. By the end of this year, as we get closer to the end of it, I think I'll have a better idea, and I think most will because as we everybody continues to ask questions around here, you know, if they start getting more. Uh, kind of shady with their answers, we'll know that something's going on behind the behind the, uh, the curtain. But right now, it's a big mystery. Uh, they, they'll be in a, a, a heck of a spot next year. Say they end up, right now, uh, Houston's playing well, but they got their first-round pick. They got Houston's first-round pick, which could also be a very high pick. We'll see whether mm-hmm. they use it on a quarterback or whether Tyler is the guy moving forward. But I honestly, I couldn't answer the question 100% right now. I think I think the Bengals have a more firm stance on their quarterback in Joe Burrow. Um, unfortunately, they don't really know what he is right now physically, and that was mm-hmm. really put to the test last week against the Tennessee Titans, a great pass rush that the Bengals faced. I'm sure the Cardinals looked at that film and kind of took away some so it's about how they can also rattle Burrow because you know the Bengals offense line is maybe improved but when you have a quarterback back there who's kind of a statue and can't move like he can it definitely mm-hmm. a- allows the pass rush to do a better job what are what are we to expect from the Cardinals pass rush in terms of how often they blitz what what their scheme looks like and just yeah. how are they preparing to kind of face Burrow who again like it's, this is not the version that I'm sure that they were scouting from the beginning of the season you hit it right on the head when you mentioned statue. Right now, because of the calf, he doesn't have a lot of escapability and also doesn't have a lot of move, ability to move within the pocket, you know, step up, you know, self, you know, move to the right, to the left. He's pretty much – and there are a couple of things that are, are for me that if the Cardinals are looking at the film, they're thinking, one, let's get after him early, rattle him a little bit. He's a sitting target right now, meaning we can't expect – we don't expect him to move a bunch. So if we can collapse the pocket on him, contain and collapse the pocket on him, you know, that, that could fluster him a little bit. He'll tend, you know, start looking down at the feet a little bit. The other thing is, and I think it's been evident by Jamar Chase's frustration, Jamar's getting a lot of targets, but everything's right in front of him. There's no nothing deep down the field. And that's partially because Joe cannot, one, not a lot of deep drops for him. They're trying to get the ball out of his hands quickly. For me, if I'm the Cardinals secondary, I'm saying, look, we're watching everything being thrown in front of us. Let's take a couple shots at trying to take one or two of those the other way, meaning jump some of those you know, quick routes, because that's how you guys would. I watched the game against the Rams specifically, and it was dink, dunk, dink, dunk, which was very good. It was very effective. But, I mean, that's pretty much all Joe can do right now. Unless, you know, he improves in health a little bit. My my philosophy is, hey, let's get him after him, get after him with a couple early blitzes. Let's push the pocket, contain, kind of, you know, get after him in there, and then let's take a couple shots at some of those quick uh, hitters uh, because we might, so we might get lucky and guess right one of these times and take it the other way. He played for the Philadelphia Eagles, Detroit, and you also played. I mean, I want to get your, I want to get your. Uh, 
prediction bio. of the game before we before we yeah before we get <laughs> out of here. Uh, but I gotta I gotta ask you just you played for one of my favorite teams ever that it was not a Cincinnati Bengals team and that was you mentioned it earlier the '98 Dirty Birds. Um, that that team had characters galore, talent galore, but um, you kind of mentioned you guys just kind of got hot and just kept going, kept going. Um, man, it was it was Jamal Anderson and your your position mate OJ Santiago and all kinds of players. Just can you? I mean, for those old men like myself that remember that team well, uh, <laughs> can you just get give us how crazy was that team? I mean, it, you guys had a lot of flashiness and a lot of big plays and everything. Was it as crazy in that locker room personality wise as it kind of seemed on the field, or was it a little more buttoned up than than maybe that team would let on? It was actually as crazy as it looked, Anthony. And the, the reason, <laughs> the thing, the the thing that got me about that team, and I played on so many teams throughout my career, including my nine years of professional baseball. And you know that team, particularly we, the previous year we started off one and seven. Coach Reeves would come down, taking over, run and shoot offense. You know, it was shambles. You know, um, we started one and seven in '97, finished the year on a six and two run, and during that off season we started to kind of gel and you know start spending more time together i had a few guys on the team we used to bowl every day after morning workouts and you know and it was like a camaraderie was starting to be built and all the different personalities and see there was some kookiness in the locker rooms and also we had structure as well like somebody like jesse tuggle he wasn't taking too much stuff Mm. you know if you weren't handling your business he'd let you know but we all like i said we had some great just a great group of guys and it was one of those magic rides that don't happen often. Usually you see those type of things coming. It wasn't that wasn't a season like the Cardinals had a, b- a bunch of years ago. They went nine and seven, you know, got into the playoffs as a wild card and, you know, went to the Super Bowl. That team in 98 was a 14 and two team, a team that, like I said, previously the year before we were seven, nine and after, after one and seven start, just a bunch of great dudes, man. And uh, interestingly enough, it's the 25th anniversary of that team and they're doing something mm-hmm. to honor us back in December or in December. And I, obviously I got the invite to come back. And I think I'm going to go back to that one, man, because I'd love to see some of those dudes and catch up and just, you know, reminisce about that magical 98 season. Those dirty birds is still a debate on who actually started the dirty bird too. Was it OJ or was it Jamal? And because he's my fellow tight end, man, I got to give it to OJ. I think, <laughs> That's I think, what I thought too. I thought OJ, because we I used to have some of those conversations, especially after, you know, it kind of caught wind. And Jamal will take credit for it, but that was my dude, OJ. <laughs> Real quick, I'll tell you a quick story. Part of one of my jobs, too, during that season, because we had, you know, tight end rooms are usually small. I think we had three and a practice squad guy. One of my jobs was every every day during meetings was to keep OJ awake. So I, that was part of my responsibility. I'd see him dozing off, and we always sat next to him, and I'd give him the elbow in the ribs or something like that. That dude was notorious for falling asleep in meetings in the middle of the day. So I was always on my job, though, man. <laughs> was that was that a was that a symptom of rough mornings follow fun follow fun nights, or was that just hey, man, he just liked to sleep. He liked to sleep and meetings are boring as hell, man. You know, and especially when they turn the lights off, you know, we got the little room and we're watching film, but then, you know, you get them like, I'll be honest with you. Every now and then I'd have to throw like a dip or something in just to give me something to occupy my mind and keep me from nodding yeah, too. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a heck of a fun team. Heck of a fun team for yeah. sure. And uh, that's, that's great. To, that's great. And hopefully you do get back there to, 
to go back and, and uh, <laughs> hang out with some of your old teammates and stuff. But we're going to get you out of here. Uh, thank you so much for your time, by the way. This is you uh, got already it, got like appreciate 30, 30 minutes. I know you've been extremely busy. Um, so what, what, do you, what do you make of this one? But I mean, is this like I said, when you were coming, when you, you know, you, you cut out there for a minute and you came back, I kind of said, you know, I, I, this is either a walk in the park for the Cardinals or a walk into a buzzsaw. And I don't know what to make of it myself. So what do you, uh, what do you think? I'm going to go just because I'm, I'm watching these Cardinals build their confidence a little bit. They're getting a little better each week. I know since he has all the weapons by every stretch of the imagination, they should come in here and blow our doors off. But this is one of those games. I'm going to buck the curve a little bit. I'm thinking low scoring, not pretty sloppy game, probably. But I think for some reason, you know, like I said, obviously I'm rooting for my nephew, but if I'm making the pick, according to what my head tells me, I'm looking like 24, 21 Cardinals in this one. Mm, and I might, I do the, I deserve the right, I observe the right to change my mind by Sunday when I'm making all my picks and everything. But right now, that's where I'm sitting. You said low scoring. Twenty-one points is a lot for the Bengals right now. Yeah, oh, yeah, right now, that, yeah. That, that that's true. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> and, and of course that would be three touchdown receptions from Irv Smith Jr. And there you go. The, and the don't 21. don't forget they on one of them they missed an extra point, so they had to go for two. He gets the two point conversion as well. <laughs> yeah, and then they kick the extra point on the other. He's right, got the script. Go. We're all good. There you go. There you go. Uh, Ed, tell us where folks can find your your program, who you host it with. And uh, if, if we can, we'll, we'll put a link in our live chats for you too. Sure. I pre one first off, appreciate you guys having me on. I do uh, the Believe in the Cardinals podcast, and you can find that on the Believe platform or wherever you uh, catch your podcast. My partner Jay uh, Javon Adams, aka Jay Love, we uh, do the show together. We also do um, a national sports show as well, which is the Easy Sports Talk Show. It's uh, 1 to 3 Eastern on Sports Map Radio. We're actually in you guys' uh, territory. We just started. This will be our 10th show coming up. We did the uh, local thing for the last five and a half years together. Total of six years for me on the show. But uh, we just went national a few weeks ago, and it can be heard on the Sports Map Radio platform. So anywhere you catch. Uh, and then, like I said, as far as myself, Easy uh, or Ed Smith Speaks. Uh, dot com you can catch me there and that's the uh, ed smith speaks is also the hook for all my social media stuff man like i said thank awesome. you guys so much for having me absolutely it's been a it's been a pleasure good good seeing you again our best to all of your family but uh, of course the the bengal connections in Irv yes, Smith sir. and junior as well so <laughs> um like i said i'll be out there this week and hopefully i can i can uh spot you and and i don't know buy you a drink or or something but uh regardless stay well and hopefully we catch up soon Sounds good. Appreciate you, brother. All right. Take care. Thank you, Ed. That is Ed Smith, the host of Believe in Cardinals. We we took so much of his time, and I feel bad for that. But uh, that was awesome. You know, he Mo Egger had him on his show. I think Paul mm -hmm. Daner had him on his show, and now we've got him on ours. So if we're in that company, if we're in those two gentlemen's com company, then we are uh, we're doing all right, I guess. And we appreciate his time. I know it's been a busy week for him, but. Um, very, very cool to catch up with them. Um, yeah. So let's, I mean, we, we went a little long with that, but that's, it was great. So we'll, we'll talk a few minutes about our take on this game, John. And 
Okay, so as we mentioned a couple of times, obviously Burrow said, yes, must win before the question was even finished. I think that was on Wednesday. Tyler Boyd kind of confidently said, you know, we'll, we'll see you guys in 10 weeks when everybody's jumping back on the bandwagon and all this kind of stuff. So, And then, of course, you're hearing the calf feels better and Burrow's looking good in practice and he's not on the practice or the injury report, all this kind of stuff where you go, okay, but this is the week. This is the week. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Uh, I had a thought today, and this may be a little bit of hot take maybe even a non sequitur. I don't know, but I'd love to get your sentiments on it. John, do you, do you have someone in, whether it's friend, family, maybe yourself, I don't know, who is the personality type that waits until all of that pressure is on. There may be a procrastinator. They maybe wait to the last minute to do stuff or they wait. And then when they do that, they, that's when they operate their best. When they, when they, sift through the chaos i guess is a way to do that uh do you have do you know someone like that um it might be me honestly uh i don't know because I, I like to do a lot of writing at night uh when i should be sleeping and just when i should have got it, got it done hours ago i don't know there, there, there's something about just kind of locking in when you know that your back is against the wall and you just don't think you just kind of do you know i don't i don't know if i can name someone else in my life who kind of does that more than me honestly yeah, I mean, my wife and I are, are kind of that personality type. I mean, I wish we were more yin and yang in that way because we have someone <laughs> who is the more thorough planner and, you know, not, uh, you know, scramble at the very end to do stuff. But sometimes that's when you're against deadlines, when you're against the wall, as you mentioned it, that's when you sometimes operate your finest, right? Or you get you get the most done, you get the highest results. And as I thought about that today, because quite honestly, I was dealing with a lot of that today myself. And I'm going, man, this kind of reminds me of the Bengals a little bit. Maybe because of the talent, maybe because everybody's been applauding them this the the course of the the whole offseason and everything. You know, maybe it took a couple of swift kicks to the groin and a reality check to finally be like, hey, we got to get it in gear. Because now you're hearing Burrow finally addresses the team behind closed doors. You're hearing all of this stuff. And so maybe, and you know, slow starts past couple of years and they you know ended up making deep runs maybe it's just this team and their personalities operate the best when the pressure is on and the their backs are against the wall i don't want to dismiss any of that because we have seen very many examples of that coming true i will say that a lot of this sentiment matters not because of the calf and it's like we, we, we can't accurately predict whenever they're going to hit their stride because we just don't know how it feels. And he doesn't know how it's going to feel until he takes the field and, and goes through the motions and just plays with it. And so far, we just have not seen enough from the quarterback. I think in years past, when we had a greater sense of when he was getting back to 100%, maybe even last year when we kind of knew that there were fixes to the offense. It wasn't necessarily a health issue. It was a scheme issue. And it was just a matter of when they were going to do that. And they finally did that week five or six. This is just way more trickier because we just don't know when that's going to happen and when he's going to look like himself and not even just himself look anywhere close to himself. Like I, I read what, what, what Paul Dean Jr. wrote uh, today with the athletic and he kind of went through, all the explosive plays that the Bengals generated last year 
and how much mm-hmm. of that was because of how much Burrow could move or whatever the case may have been. And he concluded that a lot of them had nothing to do with the calf. And I kind of disagree because clearly the calf is impacting just how he throws just on a normal platform. He's just not anywhere close to being as accurate as he was. And maybe some of that is getting better. Maybe we saw some of that against the Titans a little bit more compared to what he built on with the Rams. But I, I want to buy in to, okay, this is just like there's, there's no more time to waste. The team is ultra focused now. They have no choice but to be. But all that just doesn't matter as much to me if the calf still isn't good. And I don't know what to make of him not being on the injury report. I, I think you have to be listed there if you get any sort of like treatment. Um, I don't know what that means if, if he's just going through his normal yeah, practice what's routine. The, what's the threshold? Yeah, yeah. Right. But but even, even still, like whatever he's doing in practice is practice speed. And it doesn't compare to game speed when you're out there facing the pass rush. The, again, a Cardinals pass rush, I think, is better than people give it credit for. They don't have a dominant name out there. But it's not hard to to pressure Joe Burrow right now. And he's I don't foresee him doing all this magical stuff in the pocket yet. So until he looks like the accurate version of himself that can that can hit these passes down the field, I I don't foresee this looking so easy. And it's just it, like I'm not I'm not saying it's not going to happen this week. I just ha- I'm just saying I have no way of kind of knowing if that's going to happen until I actually see it. You so I've got two points to make before we kind of talk about again some matchups and then predictions on this game, but Two points to make. You said it perfectly about game speed versus practice speed. We can sit here and Burrow can say all, and the team can say all he wants. Oh, you know, there's, there's no pain now in practice. He's running around. He's doing all this kind of stuff. I, you know, especially as you get older, my friend, um, you know, you get a tweak and you, let's just say it's a, it, your ankle hurts, right? And you're like, okay, well, I jogged on it. I've been walking on it. It's okay. And then when it comes time, you know, let's go run some wind sprints or let's go a little faster on that. Then all of a sudden that ankle can feel different, you know? So there is, there is a situation where, Hey, you can emulate everything you want in practice, but when you are truly planting, sprinting bodies, diving at the affected area, that's definitely something to think about on the flip side. I would encourage our listeners and maybe you, if you haven't seen it, John, to go look at a recent podcast episode of JTO Sullivan's quarterback school. Mm-hmm. Um, and he broke down Burrow's game against the Titans. Now there were some not great throws from Joe Burrow. There were there were some pieces of evidence of him having the calf affect him. We broke down some of the the hits and sacks from that game the other day, and what we say, you know, what did we see? Did we see calf? Did we see poor protection? All that kind of stuff. In this breakdown. There's a lot of stuff that even the easy balls that should be made and the passes that should be made, there is just a lack of execution, um, yeah. calf or not. So it's the calf. It's a lack of focus and execution. It's also, you know, JT O'Sullivan call, called out some of the play calls as well that were that were made there. So it, it's a mishmash of a lot of different stuff right now. And I would uh, definitely go recommend that uh, a Bengals fan and, and – our listeners, whoever go check that out. JTO Sullivan, former Bengals quarterback has a really cool uh, podcast and YouTube channel where he breaks down film. But uh, I I guess in a way I came away somewhat, I came away frustrated and encouraged uh, from watching that. So all of that said, the Bengals have to, I mean, I I just feel like psyche momentum, everything. This is just kind of a have to game. And of course, because I'm going to be there. Um, They they have to, uh, uh, what, what's your biggest key here? I mean, just 
being able to alleviate pressure and and recognize it better, particularly from blitzers, that seems to be one of one of the major ones at the top of my list. Yeah, I think just getting any sort of efficiency in the passing game is just the number one goal here, and that we just haven't we just haven't really seen that. We saw bits and pieces against the Ravens when they were utilizing the middle of the field more. We saw you know at least last week the opening script that their swing passes and their screen game was looking pretty good. I know people are going to hammer down, just establish the run, establish the run, run the ball, run the ball more. I think their run usage has been fine. It might increase this week. It, that depends on how effective is it, it going to be. Is it just going to be used for the sake of not putting it all on Burrow and trying to get at least third and six instead of third and nine, which still is better, but it's still not ideal. It's just it's a lot of unknowns, man. And like I, I think the Bengals can attack the Cardinals secondary if they can protect well enough and the blue, but the blueprints out there we talked about with Ed, there is a method of just pressuring Burrow in ways that don't normally work, but they're working right now because it's hard for him. It's almost impossible for him to extend plays. I I'm curious as to what they're going to do with or without T Higgins. Um, he's, he has missed both practices so far this week. It's likely that he doesn't play at this point. And if he doesn't play, you can probably assume it's going to be Trent Irwin a lot last year, just or out there, just because he played uh, for Chase and Higgins last year when they were injured. I don't know if Andre Yostevich is going to get some more playing time. I would expect mm-hmm. it to mainly just be Trent Irwin, but maybe a full, fully healthy Trent Irwin playing in his first start this year may make more of an impact than the half speed Higgins that we've kind of seen over the past couple of weeks, especially one who's now you know nursing a, a rib injury. I think the Bengals defense is going to be okay. Like they're not going to have a perfect performance against Josh Dobbs necessarily, but I think they're going to keep, they're going to keep the game in in check, and they're just going to have to hope that the Bengals offense puts up some type of competent performance. But it all comes down to Burrow cannot be at this level that he was in the first four weeks, and they expect to win this one on the road. Will that defense be able to keep keep it in check though? Uh, I, don't know. I mean. They should. I, I'm inclined to believe you, but two two of their worst, and they haven't been great really across the board except for that Rams game, but two of their worst performances were against teams that have a capable running back and a quarterback who is multidimensional, and that it, that was the Browns and the Ravens. And so you've got a little bit of that, maybe to a lesser extent talent-wise, and that's I'm not trying to slight Joshua Dobbs, but when you're talking about Joshua Dobbs as comparative to – Sean Watson and or Lamar Jackson, I think we can all agree, you know, there's there's definitely a, a, a tier system there um, of talent. But, you know, Connor's doing his thing. Dobbs is doing his thing. And, I, you know, as it, of course, having the quarterback play well, and of course, this, the protection schemes working better against blitzes, because I, I can tell you that the Cardinals are going to look at that Titans film last week and be like, we got a blitz, right? You know, mm-hmm. the, we got to. Uh, and so the Bengals need to recognize that, including Burrow, better. Um, but then, again, on that flip side, man, you got to be able to to keep that in check, to your point. And this, this might not be as easy as of a task as some people may think on paper. I would say that I have a lot more confidence in the defense bouncing back compared to my confidence in the offense finally getting it right. Because I know the pieces mm-hmm. on defense are there. We've seen it already this year. It just comes yeah. down to getting a pass rush, I think. Trey Hendrickson has been has, – his highs are really high this year and his lows are really low. <laughs> and the yeah. defensive tackle I – th- I think the defensive tackle position has been kind of a problem behind both D.J. Reader and B.J. Hill. 
But I think Zach Carter is still capable of good things on a rotational basis. How much more are we going to see from Joseph Asai? Because he had three pass rushes last week against the Titans. And he had a would-be sack if he had just wrapped up Ryan Tannehill, but he didn't. So, like, I, I would imagine they try to get him going a little bit more just because they've limited him a lot in these first uh, two weeks that he's been back. But I just I have more faith in Luna Rumo not, ha- you know, looking at what happened last week with, I think, he counted 12 missed tackles, PFF counted 14. Whatever the case may be, it's just way too high. I don't foresee that performance duplicating itself over a week-to-week basis. I think they get more things right this week. That's an interesting stat, um, especially when you consider, you know, uh, he, he loves his defensive backs to be able to be sure tacklers. You miss Cam Taylor Britt uh, out of that, out of part of that game last week. And then of course the two safeties that you had last year that were very good tacklers, good players in general, Von Bell and Jesse Bates, um, you, you don't have them. And so uh, I don't want to just point it at that position group. It's, it's everywhere. It's across the board for sure. Um, but you know, you just kind of look at things and go, man, that's just not a characteristic. This has not been a characteristic of this defense. Uh, before we get to our, cause we're going a little long here before we get to our predictions. Um, I'm <laughs> see this comment from Michaela, Anthony, you know, if the Bengals win this Sunday, it's because of you. So you'll have to go to every game. Well, I might have to start my own GoFundMe for that one. Then I don't know, unless, unless Cincy jungle wants to, wants to pitch in on that one. I don't know, but uh, and then I'm seeing here we go. Tommy in the Facebook says defense was on the field. That's been a theme all year. Defense was on the field the whole game, and that has been part of the problem. And I think that is even even if they are success a successful drive in this one may not be one for a touchdown and field goal or what have you, but just a sustained drive at times to keep them up, keep the defense off the field and keep them a bit more fresh. Uh, Andrews in the Facebook chat says I, I think we get two picks. Off of Josh Dobbs, Tom Brooks in our YouTube channel says, I think they'll be fired up this week. Emotions play more of a factor in the NFL games than most think. Um, explain the Cowboys losing to these Cardinals. Hey, that's yeah, that's that's the one we're kind of pointing to here. So, John Sheeran, all of that being said, we talked a little bit about a key about keys to this game, and we've talked with Ed Smith about the Arizona Cardinals. He is pretty confident in them coming away with a win because of Mostly more how the Bengals have played, I guess, and the Cardinals heading in the right direction. But how do you see this one going? I'll keep the same sentiment, man. Like if the Bengals put it all together this week, not even all together. If they if they take the necessary steps forward where they're on that path, it would not surprise me. It would just tell me that hey, Burrow's calf is pretty much progressing as advertised compared to what he's saying. It's what we're seeing for practice, the whole nine yards. I need to see it first because. Even before this season, before we knew about the extent of the injury, before we knew about the the Cardinals being better than we gave them credit for, the Bengals rarely ever blow out teams that they should. I feel like that sometimes there's just a couple of games a year where it's just closer than it should be. And that was always kind of my feeling with this one being on the road, being a team that everyone just assumes that is going to tank for Caleb Williams. I think there's always that kind of factor like, hey, we're, we still, we're still professional athletes here. We still have a job to do, and we have no interest in just losing 17 games. So I always thought that was going to have some impact in this game, but now the Cardinals are just playing better than what their talent level indicates. So it, it's going to be a close game regardless of how much I think the Bengals are bouncing back. But I need to see it first. So I'm going to say Cardinals 16, Bengals 10. Okay. I uh, can't wait for the comments on that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so if the Bengals start putting things together this week, this could, to me could be a 10 to 13 or 14 point win for the Bengals. If it, if they look anything close to, and that's not a knock on the Cardinals. I just think, you know, if, if they start putting it together combined with the supposed focus, emotion, frustration that we've seen over the course of almost a week now, um, I think they, they play inspired football and take it to them. But it, that's the question. If, 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 and um, if they do not take this game seriously, if similar things happen, whether it's the calf execution, play calling, all of the above, then this is going to be one of those games where there's going to be a lot of frustrated people. There will be a lot of frustrated people in and outside of that Paycor building. So um, I'm, I, I still maybe think maybe it's baby steps. And baby steps is fine as long as it results in a win. So I'm going to say 20 to 17 Bengals, um, not a high scoring affair. It would not surprise me if the Bengals do, do get things going that this becomes a, a very manageable game or if it's more of the same, man, not good. So I'm kind of meeting in the middle on that one there. Uh, that's going to pretty much do it for us. We're going to drop the mic and get out of here. I think we went a little longer. John, I appreciate you calling an audible with me today and starting a little later and going later and all of that, but, uh, appreciate you, my friend. What do you got for us on our way out? The history of these two teams, it's tied at six apiece because, you know, they don't normally play each other very often. The last, and the Cardinals have won four of the last five games, including basically all of them in the 21st century. The only one that the Bengals have won recently was Christmas Eve 2011. And I don't think anyone remembers the score or anything else that happened in that game aside from Jerome Jerome Simpson flipping over a human being and landing two feet in the end zone. So maybe that's what it's going to take to win this game. Maybe we're going to see Jamar Chase have to flip over someone. Yeah. Uh, The other weird thing with with these two teams, again, 12, what would you say? It was six and six, right? 12 meetings over the Mm -hmm. course of decades of existence for the Cincinnati Bengals and a long, long time for the Cardinals who were not previously in Arizona, but... So they don't see each other much at all. Um, and I think, unfortunately, for both of these teams, they there were long, long stretches where they were not good. So there's not like the random Monday night matchup and all that kind of stuff that they sprinkle in. It's the, you know, uh, the, the every four-year thing. I will say this. There are a lot of cross-player crossover between these two teams. A lot, of, a lot of players, for two teams that don't see each other a lot, there are a lot of players that end up on each other's teams. John Skelton, remember that guy? He was he was on the Bengals for a little while. Oh my God, yeah. You talk about Jeff, Jeff Blake, Boomer. I mean, there are a lot of guys that back and forth on, on both of these teams that uh I, I don't know. It, for yeah. They, oh yeah, AJ, yeah, most recently. Thank you. Um uh, so there's kind of a lot of weird tapestry interwoven between these two two teams here and uh the last time i've been out to arizona now and i don't want to (laughs) be i don't want to sound super negative the last two times i've gone out there one was in 2003 when jeff blake beat him uh and that was with kitna at the helm there at the old sun devil stadium uh so that one and then i went to the 20 what was that the 2015 game when carson was there and that that wild sunday night deal where Demata Pico got uh, called for that field goal, whatever that. Yeah. Um, so both losses the last two times I'm out there. So I'm hoping to buck a trend, my friend. What, what I didn't, what I failed to mention, the series is tied at six, but that's not the craziest part. Uh, 
total points scored for both teams in this series. Cincinnati Bengals 297, Arizona Cardinals 297. So are, are, is what? this going to be a tie? Is this going to be a tie? Are, are <laughs> oh, don't do it, John. Don't put that <laughs> into the universe. Oh, can you imagine if this was a tie? Oh, my goodness. Oh, don't put that into the universe. Oh, no. I didn't even – my brain didn't even think to go there. Good Lord. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Uh, let's let's not hope for a tie. Good Lord. Um, he's John Sheeran. I'm Anthony Gazenza. Thanks, for everybody, for tuning in live or listening after the fact. Our thanks to – Ed Smith for joining us on the show and uh, talking some Cardinals football with us should be a fun weekend. Hopefully a Bengals win to get them back on track. Again, if you're new here, you can subscribe to the show. The show icon is underneath John's side there by the Cincy jungle icon. Go click that to subscribe, click the bell to be notified when we go live and when new content is available, give a video, whichever one you, you see from us, give it a thumbs up. If you would, that helps us out. And of course you can go to, Get the Cincy Jungle podcast on your favorite audio platform, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Give that a review if you would, hopefully a five-star one. We appreciate that. Keep it to CincyJungle.com for your news, opinions, analysis, and podcasts. And, of course, you got to go check out a to zsports.com where my guy John is killing it over there with the Bengals and AFC North coverage. Go check stuff out. We appreciate it, John. Have a good weekend, my friend, and uh, hopefully we're talking about a win next week. Not a tie, only a win. Not, oh God, not a tie.